Hey, good morning. It's freaking 22nd January 2019. 16 degrees outside. It's pretty damn cold out in Pennsylvania. Good thing we've got some sunshine. Just heading home between classes here. I got a quick story I want to tell you uh, about the one time when I was in the Marines. We went to Morocco. You know, I just did a podcast about shipboard life and I probably hated it during, but it was a pretty incredible experience to do all that traveling and stop all these cool places along the way. One of the places we went to was Morocco. So we visited Spain and we went through the Straits of Gibraltar and we stopped in Morocco right off the coast. And we did an operation where we, we splashed off the back of the boat amphibious vessel, USS Ponce LPD-13. 13? 13? LPD-15? I think it was LPD-13. Landing platform dock that stood for anyway. What the fuck do you care, right? So, we we parked maybe a half mile, a mile off the shore. We splashed in our um, amphibious tanks called Amtraks, and we were going ashore for a week. So, brought all of our gear, we're doing this combat simulation operation, we take the beachhead, drive up on the friggin' surf with our uh, Amtraks, and we do some maneuvers, and we finally wind up at this spot, and we're going to create a perimeter, so we circled out the Amtraks, and unloaded, and secured the perimeter, and then did all our, our basic our recon stuff, checked out the area, and then secured the area. So we created a perimeter is 360 degrees, right? So we pull up with our Amtraks, we circle them up, we get out, we lay down triple strand of concertina wire, which is like a razor wire. Uh, you don't want to get tangled up in it. You get stuck, you'll never get out. It'll tear your limb from limb. So we set that up in triple strands. The engineers did that for us. And then we created our operations from within that point. From there, we sent patrols out locally. And man, let me tell you, Morocco, the soil was like dust. It was like ash. So it wasn't sand, like a sandy beach. The the beach, of course, was wet and moist. And then once you got onto the um, actual land and you traversed inland from the beach a couple feet, it just became like you're walking, it was like you're walking in baby powder, shit was everywhere, up your nostrils, you're all fucked up, driving around and stuff, dust clouds following you, just a very forbidden landscape, like a moonscape, no trees, nothing, there were some hills beyond, and you could see a little bit of greenery, like scrub brush and shit, and of course we wonder what was beyond those hills, but there was a town, I guess not too far off, maybe a couple miles away, and so we didn't want to go in there and bother those folks. We just want to keep our operations to the to the coast. So for the next several days, we, we ran patrols out of there, did some, uh, you know, some simulated combat operations and, and operated within this patrol base. The entire platoon did. So before long, the people started coming out of the hills, man. They would stand and squat at the top of these low mountains. Like, you know, there weren't any mountains of significance. There's some coastal hills. 
and they would stand maybe 50, 100 foot above us and squat on the top of these mountains. Like you see somebody from the third world country uh, dressed, you know, raggedy, loose-fitting clothes, some of them bare-chested, hot as balls there, right? So they were all in slip and flip-flops, shower shoes, and they would haul up and down these mountains, freaking sprint up these mountains like gravity didn't even play a role on them. Incredible. Lean people, you know, really sinewy, kids, adults, children, they're all just like, just squatting up there, looking at us. And the kids would filter in and eventually started asking us, begging us for treats. They would say, chocolate, 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 GI, chocolate, all this shit. Um, they knew we, that in our MREs, or our meals ready to eat, and our rations, that we had some sort of, some sort of something, you know, treats, chocolate, candy. And so they discouraged us from feeding these kids, but the kids would beg and beg, and somebody gave them, it's like a seagull, no, no offense to these folks, but it's like giving a seagull a french fry, you're never going to get rid of the fucking seagulls now, it's not like you don't want to be charitable and, and feed these people, who obviously could use a meal, and you know, hearts go out to the kids and such, but they wouldn't leave you alone then, so chocolate, 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 coming around the wire, you know, sticking their hands in the wire, risking getting caught up in there, and, you know, we're not trying, it's not a combat operation, it's just some war games crap we were doing, so we weren't trying to, uh, to get in any tussles with these people, and we want, we wanted the kids to leave us alone, so we eventually tried to convey, look, get the fuck out of here, you know, please get out of here, and the kids would go away, and then only to come back a few minutes later and start again. They would just get right back to the begging and the pleading for chocolate. And so, on one occasion, this fellow, uh, Corporal Donhauer, or, yeah, I think he was a corporal at the time, he was a real friggin', like, buzz cut, like, real, not very well liked Marine. He was a little sadistic. He was a bit sadistic, so he would kind of push around the uh, guy, his subordinates, the guys that were in his squad. Nobody really liked him, and uh, that was unfortunate. But at one point in time, he's going, coming in off patrol in the daytime, and the kids are following him all the way in. Of course, they've got they're asking, begging for chocolate, and his Marines, and he's he takes a tough tactic with him. Is like. No, fuck out of here. You know, he, he goes from, like, compassionate, no, I'm sorry, we can't give you it, to, like, get the fuck out of here, kids. And he must have shoved a few of them away or at least gave him the stink eye. And then they were after him, and they were, like, picking on his gear and trying to, you know, grab his shit off him. So the one went to go grab for his bayonet and, like, pull his blade out, you know, try to steal Imagine like Aladdin when, you know, the beginning, the opening scenes, he was going through the marketplace and trying to pull out a piece of fruit, a nice shiny apple from the market, the market, and uh, succeeding in an evading, escape and evasion, trying to get away from the, the, the vendor. So, 
That's what it was like. This kid friggin' goes to reach for Corporal D's bayonet that's on his attached to his hip, and he friggin' <laughs> the guy, grown man, takes a stance against the kid and like picked his weapon up like he was gonna butt stroke, and that's when you take the the butt end of the rifle that you normally would stick into your shoulder when you fire, and you smack somebody with it, you knock him in the head otherwise strike him with this blunt force, you know, this, the butt of the weapon. And it was close, very close to that kid getting friggin' killed out there. But, you know, he thought better, and we calmed it down, and the kid went away, and they were all calling names, doing the <laughs> shit like that. So these kids would not friggin' leave us alone, and, and it was the strangest thing. It seemed, of course, we didn't speak their language, but here we are down here in our camouflage outfits and all of our shiny weapons and uh, and technological capabilities is you know all the force of Uncle Sam is down here in the in the low-lying areas circled up and these kids are just squatting and their families man woman and child just squatting in these uh, on top of these hills, and they'd come running down the mountains, and there would be a ruckus, we'd chase them away, and they'd all scramble up the, the hill, um, no discipline or anything like that, the kids seemed like they were in the, of the same pecking order, young boys anyway, um, uh, within the same pecking order as the adults, they just all freaking come down, and curious, and poking at things, and observing, and, and trying to, you know, say hello, and, and trying to uh, ask for, beg for chocolate, and other trinkets, and and uh, it was very, it was very good training because it, it taught us how to interact, how we might have to interact with people in a third world country, and get along and, and operate and some of the things you'd have to fend, you know, you'd have to deal with. Uh, think about some of those Vietnam era films that, you know, like Platoon or whatever, where everybody's walking along and they're going past a village and the kids come out and they're asking for whatever they want something, you know, something a little food or. You know, give me some of your rations. Give me something. And they probably made a game out of it. Like, how can we, what can we get from these guys? Oh, look, he gave me this. Or he gave me a quarter. He gave me a, you know, a piece of chocolate. It, there would be no end to the begging thereafter. So that was very interesting. But I'll put the icing on the cake here. So we, um, you, we did more operations. Eventually the Moroccan forces came out and they, we did hand-to-hand combat with them. I remember we went down by the beach where the sand was a little bit more firm and moist and we got to sit oceanside and, you know, attack each other in training format, you know, uh, you know, grab twist, grab of the wrist or throwing punches and different, we would exchange tactics, tactics with them and, and it was actually very fun. I was selected for that operation. I actually got a meritorious Acknowledgement was something called the Meritorious Mast for teaching or assisting uh, line training and hand-to-hand combat methods with the Moroccan Marines. Um, but what's funny is that when you are set up in a perimeter like that, you need to manage all of the contingencies. So there's a place for everything. There's a place where weapons are stored and ammunition and all the sensitive gear uh, that you can't lose, and all the rations and water, all that stuff had a place uh, centrally located within this perimeter 
where we would go draw from. You need ammo, you need water, come water up, you know? So there was even a place to go do your business. And we had a dig. We sent a few Marines out there with entrenching tools. And in the sandy earth, they, they dug what's called a straddle trench, where you would go out there, and it would be maybe a six-foot-long trench by maybe a foot too deep. And you'd squat over. you put one leg on one side of the trench and the other on the other side, hence straddling. You'd straddle this trench, and you'd take a friggin' dump. And so you'd go out there to the straddle trench, and you'd see somebody already cutting turd there, in broad daylight, or in the middle of the night, or whatever, and you kind of like, Ugh. obviously, you never wanted to have two guys on a straddle trench at once, but if nature called, you had to go fucking do it. So uh, that was disgusting. And at night, <clears throat> they would mark it with a chem light, so you could go out there and you could find the the facilities and do your business. Well, you got I don't know, fifty, a hundred Marines out there within this perimeter. You're all squatting in the straddle trench, taking dumps and micturating in there, and it fucking fills up pretty quick. Now you can dig another straddle trench and fill that one in, or you could just take a dump in the same freaking place, and time is of the essence. You got other operations to run and all that stuff. So take it, um, understand that this freaking thing filled up quick. It was nasty. So uh, that was one factor. So, this one dude, Robinson, I remember, he was a great kid, really nice guy. Uh, he was maybe a private or a lance corporal, very smart, uh, very witty, very sarcastic, and funny as hell. So, he goes out to the straddle trench and it's full. So, he's, he's like, all right, I got to go freaking do this somewhere else. So, he finds like this little, it's not a cave, but it was very cave-like like an overhanging structure within this hillside that provided him, him some seclusion. <clears throat> and he takes a dump and he takes a piss and smokes a cigarette, sits up against the, the, in the back of the cave for a bit, and he says, you know what, man, I'm freaking 18 years old, and um, I don't know how it's possible sitting in the middle of the God-forbidden desert here in Morocco um, in the blistering heat with uh, the you know, dust clouds everywhere, and these kids running up and down the freaking mountains in shower shoes asking for chocolate, begging from us, but I'm freaking horny, man, and I'm going to rub one out, so he's in this cave, and he pulled down his, pulls down his trowel, and he starts freaking rubbing one off, and these little freaking beggar kids found him, and they started laughing at him and making fun of him, and all the way, they chased him all the way back, followed him, all the way back to the perimeter, mimicking, you know, the, the jerk-off's uh, hand-and-arm signal because they had caught him in the act. And he was kind of laughing and kind of embarrassed, and he, he told us a story, and it was funny as hell. So that's the story of how Robinson got caught jacking his dick in a cave in Morocco in 1994. And uh, I wonder where Robinson is today. I hope he's well. I remember he got out on a medical discharge because he came down with type 1 diabetes, got very sick, but he could no longer continue to serve, and um, we missed him. I also wonder the fate of those kids who would run up and down, the parents and everybody running up and down those hills in the shower shoes and friggin' raggedy clothes, begging for chocolate, and what their lives are like today. 
what their town, what their food, what their culture, what their families are like. Just, you know, a, a mile in the distance where they live, where they lived, carried out their lives. Where are they today? I hope they're well. I hope they have a lifetime supply of chocolate somehow.